like the circumstances of their life is not take they're not taken care of they don't have the resources available to them and so something's gonna drag you to that point but in situations of where it's like i don't know about situations with like white people killing but because like in 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 those situations, like let's let's use a relationship as an example. Like in those in those situations when it's like a marriage and like, it's usually what happens is like, those people have their own fucked upness about themselves. Because dude, you get scarred by the time you're an adult somehow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like people something. be scarred when they're young like, before you can even recognize that you're scarred. You're before scarred. you know the concept. Of and it. even in this movie, like the fact that when he's not even two years old. That he has this trauma that he's lived with his entire life there's so many people like that like speaking personally like there's trauma that happens early in your life that you don't realize has actually traumatized you and then later on when you come to an age where you can process it that's when you're like no nah, i don't want to actually process this i'm going to turn away see that's where those concepts like those religious concepts from like karma heaven and hell and all that shit, and how like it's always it repeats itself until you go through the completely exhausting task mm. of like addressing it mm-hmm. and engaging with it. Mm. Like he's born into so much history. <laughs> and he can't run away from it. And he and he has to carry it. Mm-hmm. That's why all that like all that ancestor shit and like how everyone's like all of it is just people like dealing with what's there subconsciously mm-hmm. that they feel exists but that they can't really put a finger on mm-hmm. so like all of those i have seen like, like i realized all like religions and, and and spiritual like mystical concepts that's all just people trying to make sense of what's going on subconsciously so just the fact that he's born with that, but that's the thing. So, so when what what happens is a lot of people, they never go into it. They never go into that black hole that is like, because it's painful. All of the bullshit, <laughs> like all of the bullshit that happened, I did not sign up for. Yeah. Um, so, they just try to pretend like it doesn't exist, but it does, mm-hmm. and it stays there. Because 95% of your fucking mind is happening without you being aware of it. <laughs> like, you're 95% unconscious. You don't really have control. So, like, it's all... Most of who you are is not even consciously... You're not even consciously aware of it unless you use your consciousness to go and look into it. Mm-hmm. So, but that's 5% trying to look into 95 so <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so most people are like fuck that yeah, yeah. but what happens is you didn't deal with this shit you go into building relationships with people mm-hmm. and what happens is to use the the, the, the mirror thing you project mm. <laughs> and even in like the relation like the main relationship in this movie the i i'm forgetting her name but the girlfriend wasn't equipped to to help him hold his trauma and he wasn't equipped to hold hers like they were coming from such different places like and even the way that like he's denying where he's from kept being asserting that he's from Southside and not um cabrini green Mm. and then like i don't know it was like interesting seeing the dynamic of her and her brother being like petty bourgeois and like you know what i mean because there's a disconnect there's a very strong between her her and him especially when he's like 
you when like when he's when he's when she sees the painting yeah she's completely confused yeah. but that's him yeah and like the fact that um she's like we're not doing she's this. like she's like Candyman's not real but for him he is and for his family and for everyone from that community Candyman is real fully but she's like no like she can't even conceptualize the fact that like this is a thing uh, it's just Mm. <laughs> it's it's uh, a lot easier to turn away from your trauma and i think that that's what this movie was like low-key getting at yeah but, sometimes like all you got is just stories mm-hmm. where you can kind of say what you're trying to say mm-hmm. but like use like it's i think that's what, the whole idea behind like mythology mm-hmm. Just like all the Greek gods, all that shit. Like it's it's just trying to tell a story to make sense mm. of whatever the fuck is going on. <laughs> I think that storytelling has also been used like within communities where our histories have been like ripped away from us, and so like it's at sometimes it's kind of all that we have. And even um, like I was in a conversation today, and uh, this professor, she's like one of the few black professors in my department so like we've just always connected and she's like uh she's like you know sometimes it's great to see that you're smiling and i was like yeah and she's like sometimes you just have to smile when things are hard and i was like yeah and she's like you know it's what we do and i was like yeah and it's just like it's just sad that it's like a collective like yeah this is kind of just what you do you just kind of have to smile through it and like tell a story to kind of process and see but you see what happens when you look into it yeah like and anthony in the movie is is like the example of what happens you go crazy mm. <laughs> it's too much yeah like it's overwhelming it takes you like it takes you over yeah. kind of thing yeah. like that's uh, you lose yourself in it you fully lose yourself in it mm. so it's so that's the thing because the, the oh man because like the risk you take looking into your shadow Mm -hmm. is that you're not going to come out the same and a lot of people don't really want that it's not it's you're not going to come out period (laughs) you know it's i don't know but i feel like you but it's also accepting like it's a process of accepting that trauma as a part of you like i don't think that it has to be an inherently negative thing in your life like you give it the power like you you grant it whatever power it has over you if it's a negative quote-unquote negative we're speaking not to speak in binary terms but like if it's either a negative power or a positive thing like you can decide how it affects you and what you do with it but then what you were talking about earlier like a lot of the time people don't really have the means to deal with it and so we'd rather just kind of work and move through life around, moving just, around it yeah move around it as opposed to going especially when whatever wherever your environment is doesn't even like have any adequate mm. <laughs> not even tools because the tools are there yeah. but they're not in front of your eyes mm-hmm. they're never suggested that mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. like most of what <laughs> someone will tell you is like go see a therapist yeah but that's like it doesn't mean it's an accessible like person because a lot of the time like i mean the therapy industry is like overrun by like white people who don't actually have like a cultural competency and they don't really like if but that that problem in itself is like within so many other aspects like you look at social work you look at policing like that's the most obvious example but a lot of the time 
people turn to like these alternative routes that are also just acting as like systems of oppression and like the therapy industry is a very prime example of that there aren't a lot of people who um there aren't a lot of black therapists and then let alone like therapists that have a decolonial understanding like to unpack this trauma that's see that's the thing too it's like those most of those therapists are operating on a formula mm-hmm. that they learned mm-hmm. when they studied <laughs> the fucking field yeah and that formula is old so it's like it's always out like they're running they're running from an outdated thing like mm-hmm. like and who it's written like who they're using to even like analyze or or help out people can be someone who was corrupt themselves Mm -hmm. or incomplete in whatever theories they came up with Mm -hmm. like those people didn't come up with any conclusions per se they just came up with their own understanding of things that's supposed Mm -hmm. to be expanded upon by other people so what the (laughs) problem with the problem with therapy in my opinion is (laughs) That person needs context into who you are, mm-hmm. and they need that context in a very thorough way. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to, like, if I'm a black person and I'm going to a therapist that's not a black person, mm-hmm. that person needs to understand. But they'll never actually <laughs> but they'll really understand. Never understand. As much so, as they say, oh, I get it, I understand you. It's, it's funny, Ther- therapy is an attempt because. It, they try to, to that's why they keep you around but what's funny is keeping you around requires that you have a certain amount of wealth mm. to even stick around long enough for the person to be even be able to know what's going yeah. on yeah. so <laughs> you're too distracted trying to make the money to pay for this nigga and that's probably adding on to the trauma yeah for real like no I, I had that realization a while back when I like for the first time ever not um therapy like conversational therapy but physical therapy i went for the first time in my life like uh the like past summer Mm -hmm. because it was like i finally had a job where i had the means that i could you know maybe put something aside and go and i went for like two sessions like wow like i feel so good like imagine being able to go to this all the time like i can't (laughs) even imagine that and then i stopped going because i couldn't afford it anymore and then i was like oh fuck here we go again. Because it's not like it's bad. It's better than nothing. Yeah, but it's but it's not like sustainable. It's not sustainable. Is the word yeah. not for the average like lower middle even middle class. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because <laughs> if you want a good therapist, it'll cost you more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. That so it's like make any sense. You and want to fix me, but like the quality of my yourself. being fixed depends on how much money I put in, which requires that I go back into the thing that's distracting me that's from the fixing. <laughs> that's traumatizing me. Let me go back into the workforce uh, that all it wants to do. And coming back to that point of just wanting to like extract, like the workforce like just wants to take and take and take, and especially from black people, all it wants to do is extract labor. And so to send someone back into that space that all it does is serve to like alienate you from yourself, who you are as a person, and then from the people around you in your community, like you're just reifying the harm over and over and over. When it's time for college or uni, you move away, go on campus. You, you get don't disconnected talk to your parents. from your kin. Yep. You're disconnected from your parents. Your parents is like connected to your culture, which is connected to your country, which is connected to your heritage. And you mm-hmm. just slowly get more and more disconnected from it. I'm just now understanding like the immigrant parents is like 
desire to keep their kids in like the house like i it's it's funny because i i used to think like why why do people are almost at their 30s mm. why are people almost at the the 30s still living with their parents like in my culture specifically mm. like people will be casually like because i came here mm. like at 10 years old so i was still kind of like making sense of the world so then mm. seeing both those like knowing that like there's kids i growing up there's kids i knew from like 16 17 soon as it hit 18 they have to leave the house and go on so like just seeing that that's a norm here mm. and then seeing what the norm was at home mm. and then like growing up and then keep keeping on like seeing and like learning more about the world and like now i know why mm-hmm. it's like we're all we got and especially when we go into foreign land mm-hmm. which is here mm-hmm. from our home mm-hmm. like i think what happens is your parents just want to keep you close so that you remember mm-hmm. like who you are exactly and i always used to think that was like crazy adult parent shit parents being crazy but it makes so much sense when you grow up well they also know the harm of the world around like the world outside and like the way that it serves to disconnect you from who you are because at the end of the day like you don't exist without your family like you wouldn't be here without them (laughs) like you would not only them but like Everyone, everyone that bef- came yeah. before them yeah. like they were your culmination of yeah. all of that lineage that's what's and that's what's like crazy because you're born as a culmination of like history that you don't even know like mm-hmm. i don't even know the full context behind my last name which mm-hmm. is probably a slave master's name mm-hmm. like <laughs> I, i'm saying like i I don't even know when people ask like where you're from what are you type of thing like I give them an explanation and then they want to know like more about like my mom and so I don't really have those answers and so it's like even they switched their name like when they came here Mm. and so it's like I don't even know where to trace that back to and so we just have like this quote unquote Canadian name that's like I don't know what this is yeah that too like most people have to change Mm. their name to fit this like i'm just now understanding the perspective of my parents saying that coming here was a sacrifice Mm -hmm. like it is because it is dude you are compromised when you come here you're because it's not it's not your territory so you don't have leverage Mm -hmm. so coming here you have to get fucked over Mm -hmm. but the thing is from the perspective of my mom with me especially in the context of like the earthquake where the country's too poor Mm -hmm. to be able to like recover so but the people with the money require that like you do all of these like things that rope humans should not be doing Mm -hmm. humans are supposed to be doing creative work that's Mm -hmm. where we excel Mm -hmm. but here i am folding this shirt for the 20th time (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like ah. well that that whole process just like serves to continue the cycle of like alienation The, the more that you can like um sever someone's ties like with their creative self like 
the easier it is like because we don't produce anything like unless unless you actually are an artist or creative and like you are making something of your own most people go their lives not producing like we're just either like existing for lack of a better word existing as like a cog in like this machine or like we're we just again sell our labor like that's basically what most people do like there's nothing else that we can sell other than our time. And so you're like too tired. Framework. Yeah. And then you get tired and then people retire and that's kind of like the end of their life. And then that's when they start thinking yeah. and they're like, oh, fuck, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. Oh, shit. <sighs> and then you're 70 and you're obsessed with the candy man and that's what you do. Wow. Yeah. It's like the future is super exciting. The future is exciting, but then and I try not to be the type of the person that is constantly thinking about the past. Like I don't dwell on the past, yeah. but I want an understanding of it because it's so important to who we are right now. And um, like, there's just so many things. Like when we talk about memory and how you have a shit memory, and like it's not that you have a shit memory; it's that like you're only holding on to or like accessing certain things that are of importance to you and there's so many things that are important to us that we don't consider or that we don't even like in this moment have the recollection of but then something will like trigger that memory and then we access it and then what do you do once you realize something people be too preoccupied with the fact that their latte wasn't made the right way mm. yesterday or mm. they had a shitty day at work yesterday or like mm. like people remember yesterday but they remember very I they are my new things yeah like not like yeah. questions of okay how did I grow yesterday or like what 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 got me to today it's more oh like you said something something quote unquote negative that happened in your day that you're gonna like hold on to and resent even though it's like you're just holding on to things that really don't matter but even those people you can't even be mad at them because yeah. they know the whatever their game system thing they're in is complete bullshit but they feel like they can't do anything about it mm. expand on that so it's like well this that kind of usually how resentment grows because resentment is kind of like a to me resentment resentment seems like something that's unaddressed mm. but that lingers but and then gro- grows uh. like it's never expressed fully yeah because resentment usually stops as soon as it's, you resentment usually climaxes into the thing that i was resenting you for being expressed yeah, and it's like your failure to express how you truly feel. Usually people people are resentful because they feel like they can't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's not, even if they can, mm-hmm. like there's just a story in their head that they can't. Mm-hmm. And that story is like paralyzing them and they hate that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And usually they blame someone or something for it. Mm-hmm. It's like a self-censorship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. And I think what's happening that I think is exciting is we're learning these things at a, at a very young age. Mm-hmm. 
like more and more. Yeah, a lot of people don't really like because older we have generations. we have the time. We have the time. We have access yeah. to like so much information that it's like. Also, in our current state, if we're speaking within the context of the pandemic, like even though it's exacerbated so many of like uh, the things that have held us back or like. Uh, put us into shitty places is also giving us a lot of time to think and like leisure time is one of the biggest privileges like in the world like not many people have access to true leisure Mm -hmm. and so not to say that we have leisure in the sense of peace of mind but i think that it can exist without that because you if you're just existing you have time to think leisure is why leisure is leisure this is wild because I don't have any scientific proof for this, but I, from the information I've gathered, leisure is what allowed for self awareness mm-hmm. to to and self consciousness to flower mm-hmm. in our species, mm-hmm. because we got good at surviving to the point where it didn't take a full day anymore. To the point where at the end of the day when you finish hunting and gathering, all you could do is go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But then humans started being able to collaborate and then they got good at it to a point where now it wasn't you're getting home at 9 p.m. You're getting home at like 3 or 4. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that extra time? Mm-hmm. Why do I even do this in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, why am I doing this? Like this is I'm doing this every day. Yeah. <laughs> where am I? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like what the fuck is going on mm. and then we're here. Oh, yeah. i think that because i was watching this this um this youtube video and it was about this this cave that these hikers found and they found like like cavemen paintings and like mm-hmm. drawings in there and it was like first time being discovered since it was last left there by whoever left those there mm. and they like kept guard of it until like officials came in and like barricaded it and it became a museum for a while so while they studied it and then they realized like exposure to people and like to current times like ruining it yeah so then they started they closed it down replicated it and then the replication became the the museum but what i liked about that video is the i think it was a girl the girl said despite all the shit they were dealing with they had to deal with they didn't have technology we did they had stones and like what we assume they had stones and fucking like barely any the bare minimum the bare minimum of of the bare minimum to survive they still made time to like leave finger handprints Mm -hmm. on a cave Mm -hmm. why to leave their mark on the street yeah we don't know but i think like it comes back to the fact that an inherent part of our species being is to create and to like I, I don't think it's to necessarily leave a mark on the world in the way that like western colonial thought presents it in terms of like a mark of which outlives ourselves but a mark like that is something that um you pass down to like future generations i think that that's the point of it but in the way that like industrialization has has like translated that it's now oh we need things that are going to outlive us like think about all the objects that we have that outlive us that don't actually serve a purpose whereas something like that tells a story and like it it would have in in my opinion like been left as a way to like tell future generations oh we are here we've always been here type of thing like you 
this is where you come from this is where you come from yeah it's an yeah yeah because because um it's like you're self-aware but you also know you're gonna die like being self-awareness also comes with with the fact that you know that you're gonna die yeah so it's like oh fuck Mm -hmm. i'm gonna stop (laughs) imagine are you scared of death Okay, good. I, I I remind myself of it so much, mm-hmm. but it's never in a, like a in a in a morbid like like scary way. It's like mm-hmm. it's one of the most grounding things to know that it's coming. Like there's gonna be a time where you you'll have been dead for billions of years. You'll be dead longer than you're alive, but like only like dead in our conception of what death is because you're still alive beyond this this life but the thing is though (laughs) (laughs) everything was leading up to you Mm. and you're also part of whatever comes after you because you decompose and there's so many things that Mm like just like transform into something else Mm -hmm. so it's like when to me when like those abrahamic religions say you're just going back to god that's literally like that's quite literal Mm -hmm. like you're just going back into the thing you don't know Mm -hmm. where were you before you came here (laughs) you have no fucking idea and the don't know usually don't know that's like a, a thing I uh a breakthrough from my inquiry into into <laughs> religion. I was like, wow. Um this this guy was I was watching a podcast, it perfectly. It was like God is just an axiom, which is just something you don't something you leave there to be expanded upon later. Mm-hmm. So it's like those religions with the knowledge they had, like up until that point, imagine like Christianity, like around those times and bef- like before leading up to the creation of that, like they are so less advanced. It didn't have all the tools we have now that has allowed for physics to be physics but as we you know it. But they still had an understanding of those things, mm. but they just didn't have the words mm. or the means to show them. Mm. You see what I mean? Like so, so what they what they most of them developed was was like symbolism and. God, like God to me is like God is a word to describe everything you don't know. Okay. So in this way, it's always timeless mm. and it'll always exist as a concept mm. because we're never going to know. <laughs> but that's why I think like something as timeless as the concept and understanding of this higher power has stayed around for so long because there's still so many things that we don't know. And even with like... Um, like the fact that these symbols that you're speaking of are still around and people still base their entire like epistemology in this it speaks volumes of the power of it and the fact that like when you're saying that oh they didn't have the tools to explain certain things like we look back at like ancient civilizations like they were building shit that we can't even conceptualize how it's being built it's because like we're so caught up in like industrial tools that's what i mean though you know like because it's not like anything the especially the further back you go yeah. in in religions and in like spiritual and mystical traditions like 
their systems the further back you go get the like more and more intricate Mm -hmm. like if you go into hinduism Mm -hmm. and it's one of the first ones Mm -hmm. because so it's had time to develop it's so thorough yeah so like there's so many things that have been said for so many years in hinduism that are just now being proven by the people in lab coats yeah like literally meditation is one of them we're just now finding oh, evidence oh that it's good God, for yeah. you. I hear like one more like white scientist be like, oh yeah, you should just, um, just mindfulness, practice mindfulness. No fucking shit. Like this is what people have been doing for time and memorial. Like connect to yourself, connect to the space around you. People are so disconnected from the earth around them that literally breathes life into them. But we would rather just kind of like, we the collective would rather just disconnect. I had um, a friend say the other day that he thinks, in his opinion, we're talking about the cityscape and like how alienated it can be, and he's just saying that in his opinion he thinks the city is what necessitates atheism, in a way. Because I was talking about how, um, how, how disconnected people are from the cosmos when you're in a city because of light pollution, and then when you go away from the city to the country, you see the stars and you get humbled by them. Right? Like, I'm so small. <laughs> yeah, you realize your place in the universe is like you exist as a part of it. You are not at the top of this higher, this quote like supposed hierarchy. It's not to be conquered. Yeah, but when you're in the city, like you don't see your place in the universe. You don't see the stars and you don't hear the sounds and like. Um, even like the act of of watching and like listening to nature and like hearing its stories, we don't get that. And so, how are we supposed to believe in something greater than us? There's no evidence of it around us. All all that we think that we give light to the city, we think that we like breathe life into it. When in reality, it's, it's the other way around. It's so interesting watching people go watching people go about their day like watching because like that's literally what like i think it's an alienation from everything outside of the city Mm -hmm. like everything like it's almost as if you forget you like you forget that you're just like there's a there's other shit yeah you forget (laughs) you're on a planet there's other shit past these clouds like there's infinite amounts of shit that you'll never see yeah that like because the the light you're seeing is old those stars you're seeing are old some of them are gone Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so far Mm -hmm. and it's just that light takes so long to travel that you're just seeing like the maybe thousand year old version of that thing Mm -hmm. like that's you can't even see an accurate depiction of where you are. You're only seeing its after image. Yeah. Like it's, co- what the fuck? I saw a shooting <laughs> star like two weeks ago for the first time and I don't even know how long. And it lasted across the sky for like five seconds. And I was like, that's the longest I've ever seen one first Fucking time. rock. Yeah. And then yeah, it's exactly what you say. Like in that moment I was like wow I can't believe I just was able to bear witness to that but then the time all I was thinking about was like the time that it took for it to get here and then the fact that it came to this specific place and I was able to see it it's like all of that was divinely like lined up you know I think that's why there's such a big thing with shooting stars Mm -hmm. it's like what are the odds you catch this rock going super fast (laughs) (laughs) like this rock burning across nowhere yeah like it's 
every time I think <laughs> it's like, bro, we're nowhere. Like, we're just on. We're here. And and it's funny because that's what that's what keeps me going mm-hmm. because no matter what's going on, that question always comes back up. It's like, where the fuck am I anyway? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be doing. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. The like. You'll never know. <laughs> like you're gonna die, and like, and it's funny because knowing, not knowing, like knowing, understanding it is not understanding it. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you get it. But I don't think that we were necessarily meant to understand, like whatever understanding means, like and like who's framing understanding. Like we weren't meant to have us like have that type of understanding like i think what we're supposed to know is how we relate to other beings on the planet and like and the planet itself and having that sense of reciprocity but so many people are disconnected from that so then we we get caught up in existentialism and we're like what is our purpose like we might not just have a purpose like like people are searching for our purposes a lot of the time in like material like realities it's like okay what do i make with my life like what can i produce how do i leave my mark on this earth but it's like just take care of the earth and then leave it in a better state than when you were here but because of the way that we've collectively agreed to exist a lot of us don't really have the privilege to have that understanding and to have that to practice that reciprocity like we just kind of get caught up going through the motions the most clarity i felt was when i quit my job yeah. Literally a week into it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. What was, was like, the job? Whoa. I worked at H&M. Oh, God. For four years. Okay. And on year one, mm-hmm. I made this pact with myself that that's what, that's what those three more years was. Mm-hmm. It was me going, this will be my only job I ever work. And I was like, when I leave this, I wanted to, that's the story I want to tell <laughs> it's like it's like I quit I was 17 got my first job mm-hmm. and then yeah, I was 21 yeah I quit and I never worked again and but but that's besides the point but what what I'm still just the leisure that comes with not having that commitment yeah. and the space it leaves you to like think cause wait trace it back you said you felt the most clarity when you quit your job. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you knew mm, what kind of like what what got you to the point like four years in like why did you know at that point you're like this is when I stop. Why was it like why what why was it that time? Don't know. It was just the time. You know you know you know how I quit. Dumbest I thing. love a good quitting story. You know, COVID, COVID's done a lot yeah. of things that, like, in a few years are going to be like, that was very positive. Mm-hmm. Because what happened, actually, that's what happened. 
what happened was that I was making a thousand dollars every two weeks being home doing oh, nothing yeah. Yeah. and then they told me we're gonna reopen and you're gonna go back into doing actual work yeah. and making maybe three hundred dollars if you're lucky yeah. every two weeks I was like, something's wrong here. Yeah. And collectively, all of my coworkers, that was a thing. It was oh, yeah. like, it was like, I have to leave serve for this. And realizing that like, if you quit voluntarily, the money that they put out for you from your paychecks that they kept taking a cut from to yeah. put for insurance when you don't have a job, yeah. if you choose to quit yep. a job, you don't get that money you worked for. Yep. It's the biggest scam. It's <laughs> the biggest scam that we've been roped into. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so I think that was a thing going in the back of my head, but it's funny because what, what made me quit was some dumb shit. I was just like, it was maybe like after the second lockdown or maybe third one. Yeah. I lost track. I tried. I was like, I'm, manager hit me up. She was like, we're reopening. You got to tell me you're available. I was like, I don't know if I'm coming back. It was like, oh, okay. And I looked into it and then I asked her, I was like, do I still get EI if I if I quit? She's like, no. I was like, fuck. Yeah. So then I didn't quit. Didn't quit. But the whole time I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't like just being home with your family. Yeah. Cooking shit, talking about things. Like my sister started working from home. It's funny because I think there's a there's a study that says like people who started working remotely, happiness levels went up. Or depression rates. <laughs> depression <laughs> rates. Depression rates went down. But I feel like in the case, but I think it's, it's cases in with family. I think it's in cases where people went back home yeah. to their family. Yeah. Um, like stu- yeah, students who moved back home because they didn't have to be in on campus anymore. Like ha- like depression rates went way low. Um, so I think the whole time I'm like super aware of this. And and I feel a complete resistance. I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm working three shifts a week. Mm-hmm. I'm working because I, I told him, I was like, give me the bare minimum shifts you can give me. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to. And even the bare minimum, which was like maybe like 10 hours yeah. a week. I was like, I this, I can't, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. But this whole time, I pull up to a morning shift. I hate that I'm there. Yeah. I'm at cash. Yeah. I do this thing where I yawn. For very a lot yeah. so like, I'll yawn like s- pff, 10 times <laughs> I'll yawn like 10, th- 10 yeah. times in a row yeah. so at a certain point I get tired of it and I try to force my, my mouth shut so <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm sitting I'm, I'm standing there just cash out a customer in my head, I'm miserable. I'm like, fuck, I hate that I'm here. I yawn for the third time, force my mouth closed, pull a muscle in my neck. And I had pulled that muscle before, so like, it was a pain. I was, it was like my third time doing it. The first time I freaked out, I thought I was yeah. dying. Cause oh, it's I like, every time you, pain. every time you swallow, you feel like a, a, a knot yeah. go up and down. So it's like super uncomfortable and it's, it hurts. Yeah. But by the third time I'm used to it, but I just know it's inconvenient because I have to deal with this for like next week. Because yeah. it's like a full week before your muscle really like, yeah, gets over it. Mm-hmm. So then as soon as that happens, 
something in me just defaulted to blaming the entire fact that I was at work. You should, yeah. So then I was like, I'm quitting. I was like, actually, the thought was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same shift, pull up to the manager. Yeah. I was like, what's the process for two weeks' notice? Do I need like, to type something up? <laughs> like, she was like, no, you can just like write something now with your pen. And I'm like, really? Yeah. So then I just go I downstairs. Quit. I knew, it's funny because I've been working there for a while. Went straight to the back room. I knew exactly what a printer was. I knew exactly where to find paper. <laughs> Walk there. Go to the spot where the pins are. Hi, ball. Just letting you inform y'all. I'm getting in my two weeks notice. My last shift will be blah, 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 blah. Sign my name. Put the day on it. Hand it in. Did not show up for the two weeks. You don't own shit. You don't have to actually show up. No. It was. And that's like, that's how I quit. But I think. I'm the type of nigga to do that. Like, well, I'll come up with like the most valid arguments for doing something but then i'll use the dumbest thing as the the, the tipping point so then it was like it wasn't really my throat it was just like it, it felt absurd to me that i had to be at work but it's also like that's a physical manifestation of the trauma like the way that that job that job is not doing it for you like the trauma that it's holding on your body and your mental health like yeah, like you just didn't want to be at work. I was also, tired. Yeah. That's why I was yawning. Yeah. <laughs> and then it like it got to the point. That's why I hate when people speak of burnout because they're using it as a way to like avoid the larger conversation of like, why are we burnt out? Like, why are we using this language as like a cop out for like trauma? They just say it casually. Yeah. I burned out. Oh, I'm so now, burnt out. But I just took a day off. But I'm here. Yeah. Because now <laughs> we speak about it as it says as though it's something like you can just bounce Until back. Until the from. next time. Like, no. No. <laughs> like, even today in, in this orientation shit, like, um, the, the faculty is talking about how, oh, you know, we had a conversation about um, student and faculty burnout. 